Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.33 in Edmonton, Brendan Escott with you on the Friday edition of Oilers Now. We're talking about biggest sports heartbreaks as this marks the uh, day that the Cinderella story in the 2006 Stanley Cup run came to an end for the Edmonton Oilers. A couple great texts here I want to get to. Uh, This one coming in from Jeff. Bang on. I agree with this wholeheartedly, Jeff. Biggest sports disappointments are athletes who leave teams at the end of a long career to go to a team that expects to win the cup or championship like it's a rite of passage. Ray Bork, to to name one of many examples. Stick to the team if you have the choice. And the only reason that I'm so, like, passionate about that is I, you know, like, there's something special about a Kobe Bryant. There's something special about a Tim Duncan. There's something special about guys who are able to, you know, and it's not always up to the player but if you're able to forge that legacy with one franchise i mean that pretty much puts you immortality immortalized i guess in uh, in some circles anyway What's going to be immortalized pretty soon, Elliot, as we bring aboard Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers, is this uh, this castaway look you've got going on. But I saw also that you might have a little internal competition because Michael Grange is looking a little bit fuzzy as well. That's not competition. He's <laughs> way behind. All right, all right. We'll, we'll leave you with that one. Uh, how are you doing today? How are things? Uh, everything's going okay. Uh, Brennan, uh, you know, Bob, I know is listening. He, uh, called me before I came on. Uh, he said, make sure you're not too good for Brendan. Leave the good stuff for me. Okay. But it's really nice to come on Edmonton radio with someone who really knows how to talk hockey. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I'm going to skirt right around, uh, I think, the underlying meaning there. <laughs> so, listen, we got some news break uh, just before the show yeah. went on the air down in Tampa. Um, I'm not sure how many people were looking at this as a likely scenario, but it happened. And, and the report, Elliot, is three players and two staffers and that they have shut down the facilities. Is that basically the gist of what's going on down there? Yes. And, uh, you know, there there is some question. I think we're going to get a real answer over the next three to four days. Um, I, I think this, from what I understand, it kind of uh, broke out yesterday that uh, suddenly they went from, like, no positive cases to five. I know that's the number everyone's talking about right now. And I, I think there there's some talk that one of them could be a false positive. We'll find out. But basically, they're being t- they're, everyone's getting tested. Uh, daily over the next uh, two, three days. And I, I think they're going to try to find, okay, what are we dealing with it here? How, how widespread is it? Um, from what I understand, all the cases were asymptomatic, but, you know, you want to obviously monitor it and see where that goes. So I think we'll get an answer over the weekend, maybe just after the weekend, about, um, you know, how big this is or isn't. And, um, you know, I mean, look, it's been quite a day. We had the, Philly, the Philadelphia Phillies are are down the street from uh, Tampa, their spring training, and they had eight cases today, and now there's a report that the Blue Jays have to shut down theirs in Dunedin after there was a case today. So uh, we know about the spikes if you've been watching the news, Florida, Arizona, uh, Vegas a bit too. So um, it's a a really uncertain time again. Um, 
and I, I think we kind of have to give it some time to breathe and see where it goes. Which is interesting because, conversely, we have the Canadian government seemingly strike a deal with the league to make that amendment to the border up here, which I, you know, and maybe I'm out of left field in saying this, but I really believe that was a, a major part or is a major part of the holdup and announcing the hub cities. But this is throwing yet another curveball. And as you mentioned, the cases are going dramatically up, and that includes Nevada. So, uh, you know, can you kind of gauge the NHL's maybe level of concern, or, or are we? a little bit early in that as you mentioned and that we might need to see after a couple days how this plays out and then they can maybe reapproach things well i think there's definitely concern I, I think you'd be lying if there if there wasn't concern um you know one of the things we did this week is uh, on our 31 thoughts podcast we we interviewed a gentleman by the name of zachary benny and he's got some expertise in this he's he, um he's you know he he has he knows what he's doing when it comes to viruses and and those topics and you know one of the things he talked about was if you want to do a bubble properly you might have to quarantine and test people before they even get there and i do wonder if the league and the players are going to are going to take a look at this and start saying to guys you know hey guys if if you're serious about playing you can't be like if, if like like someone told me in arizona you'd never think there was a pandemic there um, you know, people are going out. There's no masks. Um, the, the restaurants are packed. Nobody's wearing masks in them. You know, like that is not conducive to flattening the curve. And, you know, I think that if, if you're a player and you want to play, you're going to have to be smart about your choices. Um, you got to keep a small group. You can't be going out too much into public like that. And I, I really wonder if that's what this is going to come down to, Brandon, is that they're going to have to say to players, look, we're going to believe in our bubble. We're going to, th- those things are going to be strict and they're going to be limited into what you can do and who can get in. But we're going to have to ask you to be more careful before you get there. What bothers me, Elliot, is, you know, and I don't want to, again, dive too deep into this because this is going to piss off a lot of percentage of the text line, but like the leadership down there is not really conducive to, um, to, making things better in a hurry and the, the clock is starting to tick right so I think that it might then fall as you mentioned on the shoulders of the NHL to really mandate the the movement of these players but I just I, I look at the the again it just stands out like a sore thumb because we've been hearing Vegas 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 and now Nevada's sort of keeping up in terms of the rise so um you know I guess we'll I'll ask you this Toronto well you know what I would say about that Brandon is is I would say this that, you know, there's a reason the NHL didn't rush to name cities, right, for the hubs. For sure. They, you know, and, and in retrospect now, could you imagine if they would have, like, you know, I'm sure the NBA right now is looking at Orlando and going, uh-oh. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm sure Major League Baseball, like Major League Baseball's plan, one of them anyway, was Florida and Arizona. And I'm sure they're looking at it and saying, thank God we didn't do that. And it just shows you how much everything changes. Now, I will tell you, there was a time in the last few weeks where I thought there'd be no hubs in Canada. And if you were to tell me right now on this day that they were thinking maybe having two hubs in Canada, I'd say I could believe it. So I think it just shows you it's the uncertainty of life right now. What is true yesterday might not be true today. 
And I would say that nothing that's happened today has hurt Edmonton's candidacy. If anything, it's probably strengthened it. But we don't know yet. And I kind of wonder if all of these announcements, you know, next Friday, a week today is a big day. It's the draft lottery. I wonder if they announce everything then. Chatting with Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Uh, just to put a bow on that, Elliot, uh, supposedly this is according to Pierre Lebrun, that there are no front runners per se. The, the league is still evenly evaluating all hub sites. And I imagine that that is because, again, what you just said, it's such a fluid situation, literally day by day. But are, are you of the belief that, that there isn't necessarily a front runner for a Canadian hub? I thought, I honestly did think for a while it was Toronto. Um, and just because I thought they'd want a team in the Eastern time zone. Like, if we're doing this for TV, Brandon, um, and you believed that Vegas was one of these two hubs, like, to me, you'd want for you'd want your team, some teams in the Eastern time zone. And so I did believe Toronto. And also, Toronto's got the most hotel rooms. It's got those three rinks right downtown. I, I really thought that, you know, Toronto was it. One of the things I have heard is that it might be the most difficult place to contain the bubble. Now, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's you, Albertan, spreading negative rumors <laughs> about Toronto, but I have heard that. But, like, I, I don't know. Like, uh, like I-, I just think that days like today with the news we get today, I think it just shows you how much we're all guessing. And like I said a few minutes ago, the truth yesterday might not be the truth today. So, like I said, I think if anything, a day like this, it strengthens Edmonton's case. I'm sure that'll uh, appease many a listener here in the northern Alberta region. But let's shift gears here, Elliot. Um, What happened in Buffalo, the Pagula Purge. I think 19. Is that correct? 19 total staff members were. Uh, I think. Were let it, go? I think if you add the if you add the Rochester coaches, I think it's 22. 22. So, I mean, and I heard and and I, I initially it was 23, but one of the people that was fired was their IT guy, and he's been brought back. Okay, interesting, interesting. Now, just give me a sort of a rip on that. I know Bob's sort of been questioning all week the, the, the timing of that decision as we're creeping towards draft season and there's all this information. I mean, have they just blown that up? Are they seemingly okay, I guess, with, with uh, that information being out there? I mean, this was obviously a financially motivated decision, but it just looks like an awful lot at once. Well, you know, i, I got to tell you, like, the one thing I didn't like about it, and I wrote this yesterday, Brendan, was that you give a, a vote of confidence three weeks ago and your employees take that as, you know, we're going to be okay. And it's a difficult time in the world right now, pandemic, obviously, and everything that's going on. And, and so imagine being an employee there. Like, like I'll tell you a story. Early in my career, um, one of the places I worked, they had on a Friday, they had a, like a rally for the staff and they talked about how the company was doing well. And they took, I couldn't go, but they took everybody on like an airplane and they talked about how well the company was doing and they gave this optimistic message. And then on Monday, they fired like 40 people. What? And, and, oh, yeah. And I, I just remember the anger 
that day. And it was the first time it really happened to me. It was the first time I really, and, and I didn't get fired, but I just saw it. Like, I saw it. Right. So it was the first time that something like that really happened to me. So I, I have, like, a visceral reaction to that. So imagine in a pandemic, you think, okay, we've got the vote of confidence for a little while, and then three weeks later, that happens. And, you know, there were verbal contracts that were not agreed, that, that were agreed to that won't be honored. And if you get fired, you can lose your uh, health insurance. In, the sta- in Canada, not as big a concern. Right. But in the States, it, it very much is. Um, you know, like, that stuff makes me mad. Like, it does. It, it bothers me a lot. And maybe I shouldn't take it personally as a reporter, but it does. Um, you know, I think when you're an owner... You can do whatever you want. It's your team. It's your money. You have the most skin in the game. But I, I only judge people, other people as I would judge myself. I didn't like that. I thought it was wrong. Um, but I think it's pretty clear. The more research I did into it, Brandon, um, it's the, the Pagulas had done a very deep dive into their organization over the winter, and they definitely felt... Like, when they're talking about efficiencies, there's some people ripping them and saying it's only because they're losing a ton of money. Well, everybody's losing a lot of money. But I legitimately heard they looked at the schedules of some of their people and said that we don't need all of these people. And I think they believe they could cut it a bit. I think Jason Botterill got wind of how much they were trying to cut it. And he said, I don't support that. And that's why I think he got fired this week. I really do. That makes a lot of sense. And then, of course, you you turned the page with with Kevin Adams, who was a part of that Carolina team, actually, that knocked the Oilers off back in 2006. But another first-year GM. Now, I've heard good things. Uh, I don't pers- I'm not super familiar with him, but it just from listen from the standpoint of a of a Rasmus Dahlin from a Jack Eichel. Uh, you're looking for, I would imagine, a little bit more stability, which, hey, I mean, how similarly does that parallel what happened here in Edmonton last and uh, last year? And, and eventually it, it paid off and the, the fans were won over, right? I know it wasn't necessarily um, widely accepted in the beginning, but here you are with another first-year GM. And I'm just wondering, was that, in your opinion, was that the right call? Or should they have looked for a little more experience? Well, I think that uh, I think when you look at it in context, I understand what happened there, Brendan. Um, you know, their last two GMs were first-year GMs, uh, were first time Tim Murray and um, and Botterill. And I had heard, um, like the, Tim Graham of the Athletic wrote a big article on the Pagulas uh, a couple months ago when they were taking a lot of criticism for laying off employees, and. One of the quotes that she said to him was was forwarded to me, and it was basically that she had said, and it's in my column from yesterday if you want to find it, but basically she said, we trusted some people, and, you know, we made mistakes in trusting those people, and we're going to correct it. And I have heard that the Pagulas feel very strongly that the advice given to them by the NHL on hiring has not been good, has been poor, and it's affected their team. And so they feel, they know Kevin Adams. Kevin Adams has worked for the Pagulas for almost a decade in the Harbor Center, in their minor hockey. They know him. They trust him. I understand that. I don't have as big a problem with that. 
I think where they're making a mistake, there's two mistakes I think they, uh, there's two things I think they have to address. Number one is it's a really thin hockey staff right now. They need some more experience there. Um, and number two is the Pagulas have to take blame for how involved they've been. They interfere quite a bit. Um, you know, like if I was an owner and I ran a team, I think obviously don't surprise me. Keep me keep my idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But you have to hire someone and trust them to make the right decisions. They interfere quite a bit, and I think that that has affected the trajectory of their team. And it wouldn't be the first team that we have seen fall victim to that. Uh, let's wrap up here quickly with uh, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers. Bombshell dropped earlier this week by the University of Alberta. There are no hockey, basketball, or volleyball sports to be competed in for the whole next school year. And so far, so far, they're the only school individually to pull out of all of that. So, I mean, were you a little bit gobsmacked like the rest of us? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean... I just, you know, I understand that, um, you, you know, if you, if, like, I understand that right now, all of these teams, it's going to be impossible to play in the fall. I was shocked about the whole year. Uh, I really was. Just because I know how much those teams mean, and Alberta is a university that really cares a lot about the performance of its sports teams. So, yes, in that way, I, I was really surprised. You know, I, I'm disappointed for the athletes, especially if you're in your last year. Has anything been talked about there, Brendan? Like, will athletes be able to keep their eligibility? That I'm not sure of, because I think that decision is going to have to come down from Canada West. And I would I would think that you're going to be in a lot of trouble if all these athletes decide that they want to keep their eligibility at, at a different school. You know what I mean? So, but no, yeah, there has you know been no what, official these word. Are, these are unusual circumstances. Like, uh, there's got to be a, a way for people to stand up. Like, you know, like a lot of these, a lot of the people, men and women who play uh, Canadian university sports, they do it because they love it. You know, how many are getting a pro career out of this? So, you know, I, I hope that there's a way to find out, like, if they want to play another year, find a way that they can play another year. Elliot, always appreciate the insight, my man. Happy Father's Day this weekend. We'll chat next week. Do you qualify for Happy Father's Day, uh, Brendan? Uh, no, not even close. But I oh, am going to go. Su- you lucky so and so. I'm ripping down, uh, ripping down the highway. I'm going to go surprise my old man for the first time in a while. So that's oh, how I'm goodness. participating. Happy Father's Day, Alberta. Take care, guys. Take care, Elliot. That is our, uh, well, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers. It is 151 in Edmonton. We'll step out back in a minute. Just heard from Elliot Friedman. He was our headliner today for Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available at Touchback Safety. Remind you as well that during the season, the injury report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We're talking about uh, biggest sports heartbreaks, of course, this day back in 2006, Game 7 Cup final Oilers go down a goal early unable to climb out of that hole ultimately bringing to an end the Cinderella 8th seed team 780-496-0063 
biggest sports heartbreaks. Texter says the penalty kick awarded against Canada's Olympic women's soccer team because the goalie hung on onto the ball too long. Never seen that rule called before or since. Was that that was the 2012 Olympics, right? That was one of the most unbelievable sequences of soccer I have ever watched. And if you've been listening to the show over the last month or so, you know I'm a fan. That was just, that was absolutely a miscarriage of officiating, and Canada suffered. Derek and Hardesty says Alabama losing to Clemson in the final second on a Deshaun Watson touchdown pass in the 2017 college football championship. And then we have JR in Calgary saying, enough negativity, Brendan. Focus on some positive sports moments. Life's already filled with enough negative moments. Gretzky's goal over Vernon's shoulder, Patrick Roy's wink, or Don Cherry's suits. Tell you what, I got a lot of time for Patrick Waugh as well. That wink was iconic. Got caught hot-dogging, as we know. But he was fun to watch nonetheless. Uh, Gretzky's goal over Mike Vernon's shoulder. Man, if you're listening to this show, I don't need to describe that to you. You already know. You already know the significance of that. And then when, and then we have some, uh, some texts here coming in on just respect to hub cities. Edmonton is certainty. It's time, Bettman. Do the right thing, says Arms War. Craig says they should just let hockey players get together the way that they normally would. The COVID-19 would be part of the challenge. Whichever team can make it to the end with attrition by injury and disease and anything else that comes up, last man standing. Yeah, I think there's a lot of insurance companies that would disagree with that one, but uh, I appreciate the enthusiasm. Love that. (laughs) Oh, man. Worst sports moment was when Edmonton decided to hire a magpie to call the games on the radio. What do you mean? What are you talking about? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We got uh, one of our regular texters uh, texting in. Uh, not not, not going to entertain that on air. Good stuff nonetheless. All right. Creeping towards hour two here. It's Friday. Hope you're enjoying this edition of Oilers Now. After a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, you'll hear from the goaltender of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Sebastian Kosa. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.